This is episode 59 for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2016, brought to you today from Fort Worth, Texas. Today we are doing another brewery spotlight featuring the Collective Brewing Project. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Eddie, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Each week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Hi, 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 hi. Hola. Hola. This, this place is a lot lighter, so I can actually see what you people look like. What was I gotta say, dark last time? Yeah, like in our studio, it's really kind of dark with all the yellow lights and stuff. Yeah. But then here, with the natural lighting. And all the Edison bolts. Wow. I got Edison. lucky. I get to record with these guys. Yeah, we are, we're at a different location today. <laughs> and you said Edison boards. Bold. <laughs> what's an Edison board? What the heck is an Edison board? I have no idea. <laughs> and today we're joined by Chris. I'm Chris. I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie. This. Oh my gosh. What? And Frado. Maulica. There he is. <laughs> and for now. We have I'm Fufu. Two dollars are on my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's our crew today. Sawyer is not with us. Nope. And we will miss him because today is a, a truly neat opportunity for us. And really he's is. missing out. Yeah. Yep. If you can't tell by the uh, the background noise and the different just recording sounds, we are not in our studio today. Nope. We are on the road. We went uh, jumped on the highway. Went down the street. About uh, 15 miles to Fort Worth, Texas. To go to Borg Brewing. <laughs> Resistance is futile. We are at the Collective <laughs> Brewing Project, which is just south of downtown in Fort Worth. And we are very excited to be here. We really are. It's really great beer here. I know you guys have been here pretty often because of your uh, uh, homebrew club. Uh, and I've, I've kind of followed you guys for a couple times, and I, I love the beer here. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I wish this was next to home. Yeah, we've uh, we featured previously the Petite Golden Sour when we did our, I believe it was Mixed Fermentation episode. Is that right, Travis? Yeah, I think that's episode 48. Mixed Fermentation Two points yeah. for sour. Travis. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I had won a case of the petite golden sour for one of the the uh, brewing contests as in 12 did. bottles yeah they were 10 ten dollars a piece is what they sell them for oh. anyway so we featured that one and um so we 
we thought we'd start out today by trying their new iteration of it, the Cranberry Petite Golden Sour. So that's what we're drinking right now. It's awesome. It's definitely puckering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't eaten, eaten anything today. I hadn't eaten, eaten anything today. Well, uh, that first sip was glorious. It's actually Ooh. pretty good. I didn't think I would like it. Yeah, my wife doesn't like sours. No? This is exactly like, like a, a warhead. Yes. Yeah, this it makes the, the sour back of your mouth hate. really pucker. Well, Fredo. This is the sour I don't hate. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's cool. saying something right there. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is really. saying something. Well, you're actually drinking the regular Petite Golden Sour. Uh-huh. And you tried Eddie's Cranberry. I'm going to try it again. You try my cranberry whenever you want. Eddie's Cranberries are in my mouth? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Smell Eddie's tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm tasting it for some reason. So, Fredo, you being the person that doesn't normally like sours, how would you compare these two? Uh, I still like the regular ones better, but I don't <laughs> think that it's cranberry that's really uh see what yours tastes like. I think that probably He's going to go around same. drinking everybody's. I'll drink Fredo's. It tastes everyone's cranberry. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, I don't think that's cranberry, though, that's a... Uh, I mean, I don't taste cranberry. I'm sure it's cranberry. Yeah, you're right, because I mean, I drink cranberry juice a lot, and it doesn't really taste like cranberry, but it's pretty good. Well, it's yeah. pink. It's Thanks. Ish. I'm sure they put cranberries in it. Maybe you can ask them that later. Yeah. 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 The first taste is with your eyes. True. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a, a cloudy. Yeah, really cloudy. It looks like a cloudy color. grapefruit. Blood orange or grapefruit yeah. colorish. Almost yeah. a peach coloring. Actually, I think the the regular one has more of like a, a saison ish character to it. Maybe that's why. I like, like if it. you, yeah, probably because if you drink them side by side, I wouldn't say funky, but it's like maybe sweatier, like a saison <laughs> is. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think about the words, but I can't, I can't find it right now. Yeah, it's got some funk, definitely. And you know, with this whole brewery. You know, ninety percent of what they do is some kind of mixed fermentation. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're so, really good at it. As we looked at their board and found four saisons on it. Not that saisons mixed fermentation, but they have a lot of Brett beers, and they've got the two. Well, but they don't have like it's not like hey, we pitch saison yeast. Every one of them is like yeah, it's gonna and it's got lacto in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, there's no telling. Maybe they did put a you know a tad bit of lacto. I don't know. But I was guessing here, but either way, all of their beers are good. I have yet to find one that I don't like. We're going to go through several of them today. This one has Brett and Lacto. The cranberry? The PGS? PGS does, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know I had Brett in it. I'm sure that the uh, cranberry PGS has Brett, Lacto, and cranberry. Oh, really? Probably, yeah. I'm going to use some common sense on that one. <laughs> what is that? So if, you did, if you've never been out to the location before, it, uh, it is close to downtown Fort Worth, just south of it. It's uh, located at 112 St. Louis Avenue, and uh, they've been around for a few years. The, the tap room is really nice. It's, uh, it's got a lot of like brick facade on the wall and uh, lots of wood. Is it yeah. rustic? Yes, it is, Chris. I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> 
definitely has that kind of feel to it. And uh, it's changed a lot since they first opened. I remember coming here the first time, and it was you know just kind of like a, a bar. So they'd set up the tap room from the beginning as soon as they opened. But there's one thing that they have now that was missing from the uh, very first time I was here, and that's all these wooden barrels that are everywhere. Oh, yeah. They have just stacks and stacks. Almost every free space is taken up by pallets of... I think the sign on the wall says they have 90 barrels. And they don't want you to touch their, touch their bungholes either. Yeah, so yeah I saw that. I was disappointed. Eh. You wanted to touch a bunghole? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Eddie. Well, that's where all the <laughs> iron mash booths used to get set up, and that clearly doesn't happen right there anymore. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really cool place. Uh, a nice area. It's coming up a lot from what it used to be in uh, South Fort Worth. Technically, South Fort Worth. Um, I I seriously would be here every night if I could afford it. <laughs> yeah, this area is being revitalized. Uh, a few blocks to the west or to the east of us is South Main Street, mm. and they are completely redoing that. They want to turn that into like the next Magnolia area. Mm-hmm. It's like real chill, good nightlife. Um, so that's under construction right now. So this whole this side of town is really blowing up right now. Yeah. And they're uh, right across the street from TMP, the train station, yep. which also has one of our favorite places, TMP Tavern, that we've yeah. talked about before. Yeah. And uh, we're probably going to hit that place up today after we're done here. <laughs> what's, uh, what's his name? Your buddy there at TMP? The bartender? Yeah. John? John, yeah. Shout out to John. If you're yeah. listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, cool. As we uh, continue to enjoy our Cranberry PGS, just kind of chat a little bit. How's everyone doing? Great. Did we do this already? Pretty good week. Oh, we jumped right into it. Uh, yeah. We skipped all the interest stuff. Yeah, well, whatever. So we I got chat. really excited the about. The, you guys yeah. want to give us accountability, right? I got really excited about it's the not Cranberry very PGS. <laughs> Didn't they do a Blackberry PGS recently? I think yes. they did a whole lot yeah. of PGS. They said a, she said they had a plum one, but they only do one flavor at a time. Like one uh, fruit at a time. Because I remember getting a, a Facebook notification or a, a flyer yes. or something yeah. that talked about the Blackberry, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want that so bad. Oh, and there's an apricot one coming soon? Yeah, tomorrow. Apricot or apricot? Ooh, that is soon. Yes. Um, apricot is tomorrow. Apricot's next week. You did your research, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I saw it on the board. It's right the there. She the next bottle release. Apricot PGS. She said it was tomorrow. And delicious. Yeah, she said suspicious delicious Saturday. Do we have to come up here again tomorrow on Saturday? Every <laughs> I, I can't come Saturday. Everything's on Saturday. Oh. I'll be in Colorado on Saturday. I'll be in Mexico. Really? No. Oh. I don't I have. Like, wow, I don't man. have a passport, so I can't go to Mexico. So I'm just gonna have to sit in Terlingua. But <laughs> as I drink this beer, oh, that's right. That's okay, right. I forgot you're going to Terlingua. Yeah. About Maria and all that. Like, yeah. Division is doing like a cask of some fruited. Uh, Distant Cousin, which is one of my favorites up there, and Radney Foster's oh. at Levitt Pavilion, and they're doing Suspicious Delicious. Everything's on Saturday, and I won't be here. Me neither. Not that oh. I really care about whoever you said that it was that was at Levitt Pavilion. Radney Foster. I don't know who that is. It's a guy. That's what I thought he said. Country like, guy? Rodney? Rodney? No, not Rodney. Yeah, it's Rodney. Rodney. It's and not Randy? No, not Randy. Not Rodney. Randy. Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> I can't get over Dr. how good Rudy. this is. Oh. What? What? It's a Dear Dr. Rudy, not <laughs> Radney. 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 Dear Dr. Radney. 
Sorry, I was saying that I can't get over how good this is. I can't believe you want a 12-pack of this. No, I want a 12-pack of the yeah, yeah. regular PGS. I still have like five bottles of it left, I think. Really? Those bottles sell for like $10 a piece. 10 bucks a piece, yeah. They're, uh, they're not full bombers. Um, so I don't know how many ounces are in there. It's kind of like that, that Belgian-shaped glass. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like the, the yes. really squiggly one? No. It's like fat on the bottom. It, it looks kind of like a wine bottle. Oh. Like a like a white wine bottle, not yeah, like so the, it's the big green one. Probably less than the bomber, 22 ounces, but yeah. more than a... Maybe it's like a, yeah, I don't know, whatever. That's not important. <laughs> it's a liter. A liter of cola. Well, uh, if you are listening, then we need to say thank you. Because if nobody listens, then what the heck are we doing? No, we yes. do this for fun. We do it for ourselves, for the heart. Yep. It's a hobby. But thank you for listening to our hobby, because we enjoy it very much. Oh, yeah. And if you enjoy it as well, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And keep this coming to you every week for the rest of your life <laughs> or until we run out of beer to drink yeah no there's always more beer that's the cool we'll thing we'll make more it. yep it'll turn into homebrew styles <laughs> that would be cool down the street there's an old brewery and across the street there's a new brewery yep RAR and uh Top Fusion Hot Fusion Wild Acres and Hot Fusion hasn't really opened yet that's why they're new they're not new yet. Fine, Wild Acre is new. <laughs> yeah. And Hot Fusion is futuristic. Hot Fusion is in its infantry. Not infantry. It's in the Infant beer womb. Stages. Yeah. <laughs> is the amniotic fluid beer? Ooh. This has gone too far. <laughs> yes. Um, so we will be featuring uh, at least three more. Of their beers, they have a lot to choose from. We're gonna try to pare it down to three, and uh, it should be a great time. So we're gonna take our break and figure <laughs> out what we're gonna drink. All right, well, we have a very special, uh, special two guest on with us. We're joined by the co-founders of Collective Brewing Project. Brian Dale and Mike Goldfuss. Let's welcome to the podcast. Ah, I was actually going to ask if we were going to get applause. Yeah, there you go. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, first just kind of give us the rundown. How did Collective Brewing Project come to be? Tell us the history. We got really drunk, and then we started a brewery. I didn't like my job, so I quit. We were at the Great American Beer Festival in 2012 with uh, my wife, and uh, we were really, really hammered, and we were like, ah, we got to do this, and uh, then we did. Yeah, Sweet. yeah I was awesome. uh, living in New York at the time, and uh, wasn't happy with what I was doing. Uh, quit my job, moved back here, and uh, that was three years ago, February, so... So from the, the date you decided, hey, let's do this, and when the doors open, you poured the first beer, how long did that take? Two years. Yeah, two years. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. raised, We I moved back here in February. We took 
about till December, Jan- January 1st, the following year, we got into a temporary location and we are currently raising money. We had raised some of what our full amount was at the time. Uh, and we were in that temporary location in Haltom City for six months. Uh, we found this place in April of that year. Um, no, like that was a temporary. We knew it was temporary. Right. Uh, and we started doing construction in July and opened the doors in November with uh, seven beers. Uh, Wait a minute. That math doesn't add up. <laughs> I'm sure there was seven a lot months? of drinking going on. Seven months in the other one? <laughs> no. It doesn't matter. We, it took a matter. while. Though. Yeah. It's yeah. History. I've drank since I don't then. know. We drank a lot. I've been hitting the head a few times. <laughs> Open so up the, by one of your barrels. That, that would knock you out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you said you opened up with seven beers? Yes. Um, of the ones on the wall, are they all still up there? No. Uh, mustache Ride, <laughs> Tropic Thunder, and Petite Golden Sour are the only ones that still remain. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. We, we brew a lot of beer that only stays here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's. That's fairly standard for us. You're going to see beers this year that you won't see next year. Right. Like uh, today. Brett Smashy. That is uh, released just today. Oh, yeah, oh, brand okay. new. Interesting. We made a big deal out of that. We did. <laughs> we did. We didn't at all. Yeah, people were mad at us because we released Plum Petite Golden Sour, uh, and we announced it the day of. <laughs> and the, wow. I can't get out there. <laughs> Sounds like the the PGS has been one of your most successful lines that you've done. Yeah, for sure. We oh man, I like to joke. This is the house that Petit Golden Sour built. Everybody has their like signature beer. Right. Like, Revolver's got Blood and Honey, and that yep. certainly built that brewery. Yeah. And circumstance made this one what it is. Really? It's oh, yeah. never started out as as Petit Golden Sour. It was supposed to be a Goza. Actually, oh. I had oh, wow. thought about it being a Goza in my head, and then everybody started brewing a Goza. Real uh, ale, yeah, real Martin ale. Um, well, Martin House came too. Uh, asked me for souring advice after T Golden oh, Sour okay. took off, but <laughs> yeah, everybody's brewing a Goza, so we made a hard left and just. Uh, I guess at its core, it's a really sour Berliner Weiss. One of those accidental treasures kind of thing. Didn't actually mean to do it, but it turned out great. Or Not it, accidental, just uh, change in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Adjust we it. pivoted. It wasn't, yeah. We were in the middle of... The 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 way we were going to do it before was a, a sour process and bring it back to the kettle and, and boil it just like a, a kettle, a sour-worded uh, Berliner or okay. uh, Goza. Uh, but instead, we just let it ride in the fermenter and co-pitched bread on it. It became its own sour beer. And didn't so. add salt. So. Didn't yeah, add salt. we didn't add salt right. or coriander. So. Did you ever try the Goza version of the recipe? No. We have not. Oh, wow. Uh, well, we do have a Goza we've, now we've only on tap. brewed one Goza. Yeah, it's okay. unmarked. <laughs> uh, it's our... Uh, it's a Japanese Goza. Yeah, it's our noodle beer. Oh, sweet. Why is it Japanese? What's the difference? Ramen. It's not... Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Uh, I guess that's the only uh, yeah, salt. Yeah. The salt too. You just toss the ramen it, in the mash. <laughs> the most Japanese you, you thing put... about it is the salt. <laughs> the ramen we ramen use is not came Japanese. from Walmart. <laughs> uh, 
So. Yeah, no, 54 pounds of ramen in the mash. Wow. Uh, <laughs> lemongrass, ginger, lime, and uh, seaweed curd. Real, actual Japanese sea salt. Hmm. Wow, interesting. Have you guys had it? No. no. It's on I tab. have. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what, which one is it on? Is it on the uh, wall? It, it is not on the wall. Oh, we okay. took it off. Uh, there is one last keg. Uh, of it, we were thinking about entering it in the experimental category at oh, the okay. JBF. So interesting. Yeah. Experimental would be the word to use. <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. That's cool. Uh, wow. That's really awesome. That's yeah, really it, it converted one to one, just like wheat, which we were counting on. So, huh. so uh, how'd you come up with that recipe? Like, uh, what what gave you the idea of? Uh, a Let's throw Japanese ramen in a beer. <laughs> Bye, <Yeah>. Tony. <laughs> Everybody gets high five. All right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was in San Diego and uh, we passed a bunch of noodle joints, and I thought, huh, I wonder if we could actually convert, you know, noodles the way you would uh, wheat. And so we said, screw it, let's do it. <laughs> now the uh, the Texas liquor laws have changed since y'all opened, but you originally opted for a brew pub license rather than a production brewery license. What was your reasoning behind that? Bottles to go, growler fills, crowler fills. Uh, that was the main thing. Plus, with our production capacity, we wouldn't ever run into the issues that other breweries would, or we. It would take a while to hit that issue. Right. And it's. I mean, it. I don't know. I like the atmosphere of a Colorado or California breweries where you can walk in and and grab bottles. It's a full service place. Uh, and Texas definitely limits that for a production yeah. brewery, so we felt it was not only was it, it fit our business model better, which ultimately the, all those decisions have to be made, but it's consumer friendly too. Yeah, so. yeah that's why we charge by the glass and not the tour. I mean, the tour model was conceived based on the law. Um, right. That was kind of workaround. Yeah, the reason. Yeah, everybody did it and continues to do it just because that's what was in place and that's how it was. It went. We want. We want that atmosphere where you can come in and you're not confined to a set two or three hours where you have to come in, get your beer, and go. We want you to come in, relax, uh, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the people, enjoy the beer, and hang out for a while. Yeah, man, and honestly, the, uh, the few times that I've been here, that's definitely what I've gotten. Like, just, people just come in here and chill. And I, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. And Travis and I are actually both in the cap and hair. And so back when our, our original meeting location was, I guess, under construction or whatever, we were meeting here. And that was that was really cool, you know, being able to come to the brewery kind of, you know, when nobody else is around and, uh, you know, just get whatever we want to drink and and just hang out and have a good time. That, that's probably some of the most fun meetings that I've been to recently. Awesome. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for letting us kind of take over your place. <laughs> Continue to. Yeah. It's always open. Speaking of which, with uh, with all the uh, all the new breweries that are opening up recently, how would you describe you know what what separates Collective from the rest of the pack? What you know what's your unique thing? We are a Brett brewery that makes a killer pale ale. Nice. <laughs> okay. We we were actually discussing that today, like uh, reforming our mission statement, and we just we make a ton of sour beer and brett beer brett drives nearly everything we do here inside from mr green so uh i don't know that's kind of our our gig 
Yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, we've actually uh, we featured the the original Petite Golden Sour on another episode, oh, cool. and then we came in here and you know we tried that one in the. I said raspberry before, but it's cranberry, cranberry. right? Yeah, it's cranberry. <laughs> um, just kind of compare the two, kind of bring it full circle, and then come back talking. And cool. you know, the, the petite's always been one of my favorites. Uh, I had had one of the the other flavored ones in a while, but yeah, we did start talking about how there's a lot of stuff on the board that's Brett and lacto, and you know, just just things like that. So it's definitely a niche that you guys have worked yourself into, and I think it's been working out. As a consumer, yes. (laughs) As a consumer, you know, it's it's even though there's a lot of Brett, there's still a lot of options, different ways to experience the Brett and the lacto, and you know everything. And it's yeah. Well, and that's part of what we like to do with brewing with those ingredients is highlight their flexibility. I mean, Mm -hmm. we make a ton of session beers, but we can also dance around in the six, seven percent range. uh, we we en- brew what we enjoy drinking, but we also try and push a tiny envelope. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Whether it's putting, you know, noodles in a beer, making a yeah. a saison that we have to blend every time we brew it, uh, barrel fermented, you know, or full mixed culture and uh, mm. out of a fooder. It's, yeah, especially especially that that is something else that uh, speaking going back to the whole what sets us apart is uh, there are other breweries in the area that do barrel-aged beers. Um, but I, off the top of my head, I'd have, to, I'd have to think about it for a little bit, but actually blending barrels instead of just mixing barrels, which oh. is a little bit of a difference. We have, yeah. uh, so the uh, Urban Funk House is uh, 14, 14 barrels that we have going, and right now it's a range of... Four, six, three, four, six month old beer. I'm not really exactly sure what. It's probably all around about six, seven months old now. Yeah, because we haven't bottled that in a while or kegged it in a while. So um, it's a. And then we sit down, we sample, taste uh, all 14 barrels. And these guys, my palate's not what you know what, what they have, but uh, they take all 14, taste them, and which three or four uh, work best together and will create the best blend of a beer and then that's what we blend carb keg or blend uh, and bottle condition and that same day that we transfer it out and blend it we brew right back into those barrels straight into the barrels and let that fermentation let that yeast get let whatever is growing in there let it go and, then, and so every single time that beer comes out, you try it now, you try it in a bottle, you try it. Uh, we have blend three and five in bottles. We have a different blend on draft. Every single version will be slightly different. So I was going to ask about your consistency, but is that not really one of your focuses? You just want to try and get... Not at all, uh, for, especially for that beer. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Right? It, I mean, it, it makes not it easier, but that. it's also kind of a pain in the ass. Um, it's easier in that, like... We taste through, and then I'm usually the one that tastes through and decides, like, all right, what are we going to highlight in this blend? Uh, Blend three was, like, a hoppier batch. Blend five was really, like, fruit-forward, cooked fruit, pineapple um, kind of thing, and then each of them age uh, differently. So, um, uh, (laughs) 
so we we get to highlight something different each time so it's all different experience yeah, yeah. and it keeps it interesting get something a little bit different each time yeah and that's great, uh, especially because of the bottle conditioning with the bo- with with every bottle we do. I think it's more complex. It's just a completely different beer. It's a better beer in bottles. If we could condition everything and get it out, we would do it. But that's not really feasible. Right. Uh, what kind of distribution do you do? We're self-distributed. Uh, we have uh, all of DFW as far north as Denton, as far east as Rockwall. Um, and then we also do Waco in Austin currently. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Something was delivered to the table. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> oh, yes. you tell us about this. What, I think what I know is, what it is. I drink it already. It's already gone. This so, is the Wabi Sabi. Yeah, this is... Uh, the ramen beer? Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi. ramen-inspired beer. Um, the beauty of imperfection. <laughs> yeah. that, that is actually what Wabi Sabi means. We've actually, we actually had... A girl come in and try it, and she goes, I can taste the wasabi in it. We're like, <laughs> no, you can't. No. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty standard uh, grist for a uh, goza until you add the, the ramen noodles. Okay. <laughs> um, we put three shrimp packets in the mash. Ah. Nice. We thought we sure. really thought we screwed up because it like just all that steam carried all that shrimp. The whole thing, the whole place smelled like shrimp for half an hour or so. It, and it took two days to get all the noodles out of the mash done. Yeah, Ooh. that was pretty bad. Did you eat them? Oh yeah, they, uh, yeah. yeah. We made a bowl <laughs> yeah. of uh, mash afterwards. <laughs> bowl of That's mash. pretty tasty. Interesting. Pills and wheat and uh, ramen. I got some nice floral notes. I mean, it's just very oh, yeah. light. Very easy drinking. I mean, I'm, I think, kind of the uh, slickness from the salt. Now bit. it has changed over the time. Uh, you had a lot more lemongrass, I think, in the beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's kind of mellowed out as it's aged. Yeah, it's uh, a rounder flavor than it was at, at the beginning. The lemongrass was real punchy, and then the ginger took over, and now it all is kind of melded together a little bit better. I finished mine already, so I sorry. <laughs> is this like a a test batch or are you going to start uh the demand for it has been pretty high uh we released it when it was still chilly out so uh it it took a little bit to catch on but as it's yeah. gotten warmer out um yeah. people really have dug this beer so we might make it again uh, maybe like biannually one. or something I think it's pretty good. cool. As soon as you yeah. handed it to me, I could tell it was ramen. It's a, it had that ramen smell to it. I, I made ramen earlier today, but I usually, I usually add my own spices and stuff to it. So it's not just ramen. Yeah. Know? So uh, <laughs> as soon as I got it, I was like, this is this is the one they were talking about. That's really cool. It went through this weird phase when it was uh, souring. <laughs> and it smelled like refried beans at, like oh, straight out of the can, uncooked. <laughs> It was terrible, that's, yeah, but that's one like of those that, things we we're pretty used to just having faith in a beer that it might work out. The, uh, the best part is that then after it smelled like refried beans, we brought it back into the kettle and boiled it, and I went up and I was just like wafting the smell, and I'm like, hot dogs. <laughs> I smell hot dogs, and then after the lemongrass, the ginger, everything, and the bread, and the bread, bread yeah. definitely bread, cleans bread it up. eats all. Yeah, and oh yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I think that's really cool. This is good. I like this one. Yeah. I hope you make it. We like to experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been getting, uh, so I'm mostly out in the road doing sales, and there's a couple beers that originally, like, 
didn't get out to like we didn't like this one. It never left the tap room. But I have accounts telling me, "Hey, you, can I get a keg of that wabi sabi?" Like, no. <laughs> and like, you need to make it again. I want it. Like, and yeah. especially ramen joints. Yeah, yeah. Can- I bet. Cannon. Oh, okay. Cannon would love it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's sweet. That's really cool. Love that. <laughs> it's a weird beer. We had Lauren Salazar in here uh, while we were making it, and she thought it was funny that like we're so protective of Belgian styles. Like you would never dare call a spontaneously fermented beer made in Texas a lambic, but we call anything a Goza or a Berliner Weiss. It's like yeah, screw the German styles, I guess. Uh, I don't know what, where that comes from, but but it was great that uh, Ryan was listening to a podcast later on and uh, Lauren Salazar you know New Belgium she mentioned oh I was in Texas and I love these smaller breweries because they get to just experiment and do whatever I, I went to a brewery and they made a beer with ramen noodles and <laughs> may not have been a good idea but they did it <laughs> yeah exactly because <laughs> yeah, wow. she never tried she hadn't tried it she just it was actually fermenting and going and it was not something that we're just like yeah here try this refried beef beer Right, right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Have you ever tried an experiment that just flat out didn't work and you tossed it? Yeah. Um, we, we've we dumped before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we made a triple that just didn't fit uh, with that, what we were doing. You did uh, one beer that it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like, I, I drank it, and like I said, my palate is not what his is, and I drank it like, this is a good beer. He goes, not... It's not good enough for, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly what you said. It's like, it's not to my liking. It's not what I want to put our name on and just open the valve and dump the entire batch. The 100 gallons. I mean, that's the, thankfully it's only 100 gallons now we make, you know. (laughs) We make more now, yeah. 400 at a time, but uh, we've we've dumped 400 gallons of Petite Golden Sour. That sucked. Uh, It just happens. Uh, we got new uh, stainless steel totes, wine totes over there, and it was just a learning process. Like, hey, this, this cools down a lot quicker than it does in your jacketed fermenters. And then we sucked a five five gallons of sanitizer into it. It tasted like hot dogs afterwards. Like, wow. just killed a bunch of yeast and got, you know, <laughs> yeah. got meaty. Autolyzed yeast it does wonders in a pale pale beer so yeah. yeah and also with the barrels too we've had we have some barrels that have been going for as long as february of last year and who knows just, if i mean yeah. if it's not good we dump it if it is you know we work with it but yeah. uh, for the most part though we've we've actually had some pretty good successes on like brewing something once and been like oh, you know i can tweak it a little bit but we could definitely uh, it's good enough for a collective name, and we can sell it through our tap room for sure. And we tweak it before it leaves, but we like that feedback of releasing something new into our own place where we can control it, talk, you know, have a conversation about it, get feedback from our consumers, and then take that forward into a, a product development. All right, absolutely. You have a trusted circle outside the brewery that you bring in to taste the beers before you decide to, to dump or release? No, it's all Ryan's <laughs> head. <laughs> I do no, pretty well, much get get final say on what every, leaves. Yeah, every beer every beer that has ever been created out of here is out of Ryan's head. And as far as uh, I don't know if we've ever I don't think I've ever tried a beer that he has made that I didn't like. Um, okay. 
even the one that he didn't like and dumped, I, I enjoyed. Uh, but uh, that's just until uh, so people like, oh, you got lucky. And no, I mean, it's not. There's a lot of. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Uh, just a lot of uh, research. And this is a guy that started homebrewing. That's how we, we we're both homebrewers. I'm the one that got the kit and looked at the instructions for the first time and started brewing the batch. And he's the one that practiced for six months and read and studied and listened to podcast after podcast, read book after book, and uh, then made a batch, you know, six months later. Right? I still screwed it up, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you knew why you screwed it up, I'm sure. So it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. self-taught. <laughs> when you leave it in the window, you know. Uh, oh. <laughs> he's definitely self-taught. Um, and if there is a book out there that you've read, I guarantee Ryan's already read it. I don't know about that. <laughs> and it shows, honestly, with the product you put out, that's, that's yeah. awesome. I, Thank you. I've enjoyed everything I've drank from here. As, as, as weird as it's been, you know, the, the stuff that's been you know, sometimes maybe overpowering, but it's I've, I've enjoyed all of them, just the experience. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so we have I'm to lucky ask, to be supported by a really good staff. So okay. I have to ask the question. What's your favorite one bald. that you've ever... Oh, that's not fair. Oh. <laughs> your favorite child. There you go. My favorite one is not up there yet. It's oh. called Woodfolk. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And it, uh, it releases next month. It's our first beer in the line of uh, beers all originating from our fooder. This will be our first like release of our mixed culture program. Okay. Uh, it's super dry. There's, you know... It's our house strain. Uh, our breads tend to be a, little, a bit more fruit forward. Uh, there's lactopedio in it, so it's not. It's got a nice assertive acidity uh, without being uh, as overpowering as petite golden can be sometimes. Uh, uh, it's what I look for in a sour beer. Barrel aged, it's wonderful. Nice. So the in it, it has the. Like to touch on that, uh, Fooder Fantasies. Uh, That's the name look, of the line. Yeah, look look for your back page ad for all your Fooder Fantasy needs. <laughs> ah, I can't do that voice, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Fooder Fantasies is everything uh, from our Fooder. Uh, it's the only one actually in North Texas at the moment operating. Uh, we've had it for a year and we haven't produced anything from it yet. Uh, next month, as Ryan said, it will be the first bottle release of it. Uh, so we inoculate the fooder, it ages in barrels, and it is delicious. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I actually drank a bottle yesterday at the, at the saucer. I brought one up. Nice. Brought one up, and uh, Mark and I drank one at the saucer, and it was. Uh, we got a whole lot of beers coming out from it. Uh, we're doing a ginger dreamsicle version. Um, we just did 580 pounds of Weatherford peaches uh, that we transferred young beer out of our. I keep hitting the table. Straight uh, from the fooder. Yeah, yeah, straight from the fooder. Young young fooder beer on top of the peaches. Let it ride out the rest of the yeah. way. Weatherford is definitely the place for that. They got good yeah. peaches out there. Yeah. Is the is the oud brewing from the fooder? It is not. It is not. Okay, we, but we do have a new brewing coming out in December. Okay. Uh, it's been in barrels since January. Nice. Yeah, I saw that barrel sitting right there as I walked in. <laughs> it piqued my interest. Oh, yeah. I love sour beers. <laughs> yeah. 
you're in the right place. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sounds like there's a lot to look forward to in the next coming months. Uh, Mike, Ryan, just wanted to say thank you very much for giving us your time and chatting with us and letting us come drink your beer. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, guys. All right, well, we decided on uh, a few of their year-round beers because they do have a mixture of year-round things and also some specialty the cranberry PGS we uh, did at the beginning. Obviously, that's a specialty one-off batch that uh, once it's gone, it's gone forever. But uh, we do want to feature some of their some of their year-round stuff, and we're going to start with one they call the Urban Funk House. And this is how they describe it. It's a 100% barrel-fermented farmhouse saison. Unique blends of... Bretonomyces. Bretonomyces. Inhabit each barrel, creating a different experience from batch to batch. And this one rings in at 7.2% ABV. Well, I'm going to say that this is a better batch than last time I had it. It's definitely more funky. <laughs> it, it's got some must smell. Or first taste with your eyes, right? Yeah. So, so. it's a, a very hazy, <laughs> golden. Yeah. A little bit ahead. Hazy. Yes. Small, really tiny bubbles. Golden. Yeah, light carbonation. Yeah. Very lighter, uh, much lighter compared to the, the PGS. Very lighter. That thing yeah. was foamy. <laughs> very lighter side. Yeah. Very lighter. Uh smells funky for sure it's kind of musty what, what did you say I said when I smelled it it smelled <laughs> like you know whenever you leave well you wash your clothes then you forget about it and then you go back to it three days later and you're like oh my gosh I forgot to wash this Moldy. and it smells all musty and nasty Mildy. that's exactly what that smells like to me <laughs> I'm sorry the ones who made this beer but that's what it smells like to me well it's funk yeah, it lives up to its really name for sure. House. I, I kind of get some when you get past the funkiness. I get some sweet uh, smells out of it. Um, I wouldn't say fruity, just something sweet like maybe a, some citrus. Uh, I don't get citrus. Like fast food sourdough bread. Yeah, rind. Maybe I'm thinking like citrus rind, like the the pith. I don't smell the dirty clothes or the. Uh. Pre-clean, post-clean clothes. But it's kind of a uh, a, a weird funk. The dirty clean clothes. Yeah. The dirty clean. Is that like oxyclean? No. No. Yeah, that's the funny thing about these uh, sour beers and wild beers is a lot of times you're gonna get some odd flavors, but that's exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. You're exactly my Fredo. No, I'm just glad I, I figured you like no. this one, Fredo. No, you like the the funky bready. I like the stuff. dirty bready ones. This is not dirty in that way. Yeah, this one's pretty dry. This uh, is yeah, and that's a hallmark of the Bretonomyces uh, that it eats basically everything, and so the beer is going to finish very close to. <laughs> The water level. It's got just enough carbonation where I I get it on, on the back of my tongue, uh, but that flavor it still has uh, that kind of a musty flavor. Um, Dishwasher detergent. No, I don't get that. Uh, to me, I, I get like a little <laughs> sweetness in it. I, I don't know how, lemon but I, I get some sweetness in the, the flavor. <laughs> no, not lemon pledge. <laughs> I wish lemon pledge would be better. I can pick up. No, the- no, we've we've tasted that. <laughs> I can pick up the sweetness of lemon the beginning. Cleaner. Like yeah, right I- when you. 
first taste it, but then after that, it totally dries out your palate all the way through the finish. Yeah. It lingers for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you get those those funky flavors. It's just no bueno. Well, that's where the fast food sourdough bread came from. Can you say a Brett beer finishes clean? Lee? Uh, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> they, clean, they finish cleaner than others. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This is definitely not my fave at all. Not your fave. A Brit beer mm-hmm. could finish more cleanly than a non... I think uh, I think uh, that the upfront flavor is pretty good. It's the finish on the back of the tongue that's where a lot of the funk comes through. Yeah. I, I'm i pretty sure that, that sour really wrecked my palate. Because, I, I mean, I, I'm getting these flavors, but I'm not getting what you're saying. Um, I, last time I didn't give this a good rating, probably because I got a lot of funkiness out of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, take take a sip and then leave it at the front of your tongue for a second. Yeah, no, and I, you get some completely different flavors. And when you swallow it, the back of the tongue—that's where the funk comes through. I think. Okay, on my tongue, I feel a little bit of bitterness. No, that's right. where you feel bitterness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, says, I I like this. I would order another one. No vessels. You said it's better than the last batch? Yes. Last time I had this, it was not as good as I think it is this time. Last time I checked into this on Untapped was January. I get, I get there was two weeks in a row. I'm assuming that's when our homebrew club was meeting here. Yeah, it was, that was the last while day Victory I was, was under construction, I guess. Anyway, so we were here for a couple of weeks and... I gave it a 3.25, I think, on Untapped out of 5, so I, I didn't really tank it. I mean, it's not like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But if you're into the, the funky, bready... Pickle-flavored hand soap. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, I think that's the key there. You have to really love and appreciate Brett. And in this beer, that comes out a lot. It's very full-flavored, yeah. very front in the uh, cranberry PGS we had at the beginning, that also had bread in it, but it was way in the back. I mean, not a uh, the lacto was battling it pretty hard. Yeah, not a primary flavor characteristic for sure. And I like those kind of beers where bread is there, but it's it's kind of faint, subtle. Um, I never have appreciated the ones that are full on you know, in your face kind of thing. What's their their regular saison? Is that the table? That's new. That's yeah. That's new. That's um, it's a table session maybe? something. Well, I want to get a four ounce pour of it so we can kind of compare it because I'm assuming I'm that their saison and their Brett saison are going to be are going to have some similar characteristics. That's a lot clearer looking. Looks as, well, I was going to say it looks kind of the same. No, it's still hazy. Yeah, that, that's probably because of the condensation. Yeah, wipe your condensation. Come on, yeah. sample. Rookie. Is that the Tropic Thunder? No, it's the table. It's the table. It's their just regular Saison. Stock Saison. Okay. I learned to wipe the condensation by listening to you. Still hazy. Yeah, but not nearly as much as the one next to you. Still hazy. Yeah. I learned it from watching you, Dad. Pops. That's his proper name. <laughs> I learned it from watching That's- you, Pops. <laughs> definitely more palatable easier to drink it's you know a pretty stock saison a little bit of pepper some kind of citrus yeah that one's pretty dang good i'm gonna give me one of those later <laughs> it's 
that one just tastes so, like water to me. I would be nonsense. Curious. I don't know. Uh, I would be curious to know if that's the same recipe, base recipe. They'd have had to scale the mess out of it. That one's See, like four percent, and the other one's seven. I don't like that one. That well, one, unless the bread just dries it out even more. That table leaves a really bad taste after taste in my mouth. Huh. I feel the exact opposite way. The urban funk leaves an awful taste in my mouth. No, and the, the urban yeah. funk leaves like a sweet taste in my mouth. This one's nasty. The table. That one tastes like hand soap. No, the table's all like dry pepper and. Hey, juniper berries. <laughs> juniper. I don't know. I'm, no. I'm getting the opposite of what you guys are getting. That, that one. I wouldn't drink that again. <laughs> Granted, drinking the Urban Funk House first. <laughs> yeah. And then the the regular one. We probably did that backwards. But How often do you get to eat juniper berries when they're not gin? Boy Scouts is probably the last time I did. <laughs> so, decades? Yeah. Actually, this one I like. Or that Urban Funk House? No way. But this one I would drink. See, I don't like that one. It's actually pretty good. What is that weird taste in the back of my mouth like? Pepper? It's either dry pepper or juniper berries. I'm guessing juniper berries because it's not pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Oh. That tastes really good, actually. I'll get this one next time. Uh-uh. All right, so Sorry, here's the big question. My palatability rating. <laughs> oh, we didn't do palatability on the PGS. Mine's gone. I pounded it. Uh, for the Urban Funk House, eight, nine. Urban Funk House for me, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty far down. I mean, I, I showed it like it was an eight or a nine. Because you wanted it over with. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I'm going to go with a four on the Funk House and a seven on the table. Uh, like a five on the table for me. Yeah, I'm probably a, uh, a three on the Funk House. Just the, the woody notes, the... The very present funky notes from the from the bread. And it's all uh, all things that would make it difficult to pound. That's a so, I'll yeah. seven or eight that table <laughs> <laughs> right over there. So we forgot to do poundability for the raspberry PGS. Oh, that was like a two. I loved it, but that's <laughs> you cannot pound that Cranberry. without crying. Oh, what did I say? Raspberry. Oh, my mistake. I that's okay. That thing was very tasty, but it's yeah. also like trying to chug lemonade. It's hard to do. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like trying to chug. Easier, but it depends on how much lemony your lemonade is. There's the little kid, the cardboard box, <laughs> just a tiny bit old time and a whole lot of water. You chug the mess out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with like a probably a two. Yeah, PGS. yeah it's not very high. As, as much as I love it, I cannot. Oh yeah, that. it's a fantastic beer. <laughs> just not one you. Yeah. Where's the uh, sipping beer drop, Travis? You didn't play that one. I'm Chris. No. <laughs> Wrong one, Fredo. <laughs> oh. I guess I better open it up first. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Scooby-Doo. This is a huh. sipping beer. There you go. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I got Johnny Bravo the other day, but never Scooby-Doo. I just heard Scooby-Doo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> any other thoughts on the uh, Urban Funk House before we move on? No, let's let's grab another. I think we should move on before it gets too loud. Yep. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break real quick and then we'll find out what's next. So our uh, next beer we're going to try here at Collective is uh, Mr. Green. 
which they describe as a pale ale dry hop with Simcoe, Cascade, and Centennial hops. Uh, it's uh, 4.7 ABV, uh, 56 IBU, and uh, it smells really good. Mm-hmm. Definitely get all those hops. Yeah. Uh, this one's the first cloudy. taste is too yeah. <laughs> really cloudy. Yeah. And uh, not all, right by the first. All taste. of their beers, all of their beers have been pretty cloudy, but I mean, you know, that doesn't really affect the taste. However, that ramen beer that they gave us was like crystal clear. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It's, so. Well, Fredo and uh, my wife didn't really think it smelled like ramen, but I thought it did. <laughs> I think I you're just it. hungry. I didn't get a ramen smell out of it either. After you said it, I, I could see it, but I thought I smelled ginger, which made me think it was that pineapple ginger one that was on on tap. Well, I had ramen earlier today, so once you <laughs> gave it to me, I was like, oh, <laughs> God, that's ramen. I don't think ginger is outside of the scope of ramen. Ginger? Uh, I don't anyway. Know. Yeah, I would think it would have ginger. Yeah. So, so. they, <laughs> in the interview, they said they brewed a lot of Brett beers and a pale ale. Uh, that, I so, mean, if you look at really the board, that seems yeah. about right. So this is their pale ale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, what did you say? Centennial Simcoe and uh, Cascade? Cascade, yeah. I think that's what it was. So lots of all big well, American, New quote, sea hop. Yeah. Even though Simcoe is a little different than that. It's good. And Simcoe is the cat pee hop. But I've never yeah. gotten that before. Yeah, I haven't either. I When you read the description of that... That's kind of what people always say, but I've never really gotten that character out of genetic. it. So, uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> I don't know, like whether you like cilantro or not. Like it's genetic. I don't know. Definitely has Travis. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a cilantro thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's a top of front of the time. Yeah. yeah but anyway, a, a great aroma. I mean, I'm getting oh, all, yeah. all the hops, lots of New World, oh, yeah. citrusy, resiny, what you'd expect. But it's not as fantastic. A, I mean, not as punch in the face as an IPA would be. A little more restrained for their pale ale. And I have been in a huge pale ale kick over the last six months or whatever. I don't know why. It's just I can't get enough of pale ales. You know, I like it when they're warm. I like pale ales when they're warm. Yeah, it's weird because right now this one's pretty warm. Yeah. Uh, compared to when it's straight out of the tap. I, I like it better when it's been sitting for a while. It's it's weird, but I get more of a sweeter taste rather than the super hoppy Christmas tree uh, kind of taste. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. got like a, it's all like citrus rind in the backside on it. It just kind of sits there. It's nice, yeah. right? I mean, the bitterness levels like perfect. It's yeah. not too bitter. It's yeah. not too sweet. Um, it's not overly dry, like you would get out of a really strong IPA. Uh-huh. It's refreshing. I, this is fantastic. I, yeah. lo- I love this pale ale. Wow. I'm sad I poured so little. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one that you'll want to get a bigger pour of uh, if you come out here. Because they do, by the way, I guess we should mention, uh, their their boards that they have up there, you can, any of their beers, you can get in a 4-ounce, an 8-ounce, 12-ounce, uh, 32-ounce, and 64. I'm guessing those are their crowler and growler fills. Yeah, probably. Um, but the prices are very reasonable. I mean, any of their, their low-alcohol table session type beers... $2 for a four ounce pour if you just Not want a taster. Shabby. That's pretty fantastic. Except Petite Golden. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they have a whole other list for, for some of their stronger, more specialty beers. But right. I think they're listed by category. But yeah. They're only like a dollar more. Yeah, it's like, so if you want the Urban Funk House or the Petite, 
that's uh, I think three dollars for a four ounce taster. It's still so, bad. Yeah. Well, the uh, cranberry petit gonzara and the other one, they're still the same price. They're still two dollars a four ounce. And, yeah. 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 Okay. You know what? Three dollars on the list. There's a solid chance that I can't read. No, I can see it right now. Petit Golden Sour, $3 for four-ounce pork. Okay, I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. When they first opened, I remember they had a beer called Pale Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And so that's one that obviously is not on the wall anymore that they got rid of. But I wonder if that was kind of the basis for what this is, the Mr. Green. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they they work off of what they brewed before. You know, you just kind of make it better. Um, Once you get that better beer, you change your board you know yeah. well, I mean like you said everything their consistency is not their their end game so yeah, they get no, something no, no. different every time they brew something and so. honestly I think that's that's awesome I mean it sucks if I later I want to try the same thing I had before but yeah honestly with the, the really good beers that they make I don't mind trying something new all the time judging by how little tap room there is left here I would guess that pale galaxy got pushed out for another barrel <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting some nice, 20 like, uh, tropical flavors almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's a little sweet, but the bitterness balances out the sweetness yeah. perfectly. I, this yeah. is probably one of the better pale ales I've nice. drank. Yeah, five pounds of old <laughs> Let's see. Eight. Uh, I'd go with an eight, maybe a nine. Yeah. This is pretty... pretty Pretty flavorful and also easy on the palate. Yeah, so I'd, and I'd you know what? Better, uh, this would be a fantastic shower beer. Like <laughs> after after mowing or something, being outside in the heat for a couple hours, go inside. This would be absolutely perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mari knows what a shower beer is now. Oh, yeah. Finally, you <laughs> have yet to have one. But she knows I what am it is. yet to have one. Yes, but now I know what. We haven't got our recipe cup Shower yet. cider. <laughs> Shower wine? Is that a thing? Shower wine. Uh, well, <laughs> We're talking about a be. sippy cup for the wine so you didn't spill yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is your tub bank? I spilled my wine. Awesome. It's good for but the body. But if it's in a sippy cup, it won't leak. Exactly. <laughs> Handles on both sides. <laughs> All right. Any other comments about this one before we go to the next one? It's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Let's try another awesome beer. Yep. Yeah, here we go. All right, it's getting kind of loud in here, so our last beer that we're going to feature from the Collective Brewing Project is actually three different beers. Whoa! (laughs) Per um, our friends that we just interviewed, they suggested that we try all three of these together. So we have the Mustache Ride, which is a rye porter, and the two iterations of it is the Gentleman's Ride, which is a bourbon barrel, and one they're calling... Bug Ride, which uh, also includes Brett and Tart Cherry. So we're going to do all three of these, I guess, at the same time. Kind of work our way through them. So let's start with the original base with Mustache Ride. What kind of beer is that to begin with? Porter. Rye Porter. Just a, oh, a Rye Porter. Rye okay. Porter. I so Mustache see. Ride is not R-I-D-E. It's, it's R-Y-E. Apostrophe D. <laughs> and apostrophe is important. You apostrophe see important. through it. No, very all. dark. Um, yeah. Opaque. Dark brown, brown, brown. Tan head. Yeah. Spice ash. Mm. Ooh, that 
that aroma is fantastic. Lovely chocolate nose. Yeah. Yeah. Some like warm cocoa. Do you get any rye in the aroma? Oh, yeah. The spice? I wish I could tell you what rye smells like. I, it smells you like had rye bread? No. It's kind of spicy. I, I don't know. I've, oh. You should. You train your power. I'm sure I have. I just, <laughs> if you've had it, you can't go wrong. Because you have to I, go Because I went right. <laughs> so the the chocolate notes, the chocolate notes are definitely present in the taste. I think um, I'm not getting a whole lot of coffee. Maybe some toffee. Well, not really. Um, For me, it's really just the sweetness of the chocolate getting balanced out by the bitterness of the kind of like burnt wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got some roasty notes. Yeah, faint, some roasty and then the rye is sprinkled on top. <laughs> just a just a touch of the spicy notes from the rye. You like this one, don't you, Fredo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all about it. This is actually yes, the first beer I ever had from them. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the drop. So she, she just asked a question. I didn't hear it either. It's kind of faint, like the rye notes. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have. Have this with the consistency of a stout, slight, bigger, heavier body. Uh, see that. that that would be really good. This is good, but okay. I, I love stouts. Yeah, the rye is coming across, and the flavor is like a kind of like a spicy bread note. Um, That's what rye is. Yeah, and it, it pairs well with the with the chocolatey tones we talked about. A little bit of roast, which uh, adds to the bitterness and, and lingers through the finish, but uh, not overly so. Yeah, I I really like this. This is pretty good. I'm, I'm really excited for the other two. Um, real straightforward, strong taste. Yeah, it's it's a, a pretty standard American porter. Um, it's five point seven percent. Yep. ABV. Okay. Uh, Thirty IBUs. So. Okay. Pretty well rounded. Lots of toasted, or sorry, roasted chocolate yeah. notes. And before I pound the rest of it, I kind of want to taste the next one. They, they <laughs> yeah, all look about the same. This whole poundability till the end for all three of them. They're, they're all pretty dark and not see through. Right, Second, so let's do the next gentleman's. Yeah, just yeah, gen- okay. next, which is a bourbon barrel. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you everything he just told us, but uh, basically. <laughs> He was. They were about to dump it, and then they went back and said that they could just put it in a different barrel. Uh, I thought that was the bug ride. Yeah, that's the bug no. ride. No. That, when he was no, both, it's, both of them, they did something yeah. like that. Oh, okay. With this one, the chiller broke, so it fermented hotter right. than normally. Yeah, there you go. So it had a lot of you know different esters that you wouldn't expect in there. Oh, okay. Especially with an English So you're talking about the very first time they brewed it. No, yeah, that's the one that we're drinking right yeah, now. This is the one off because batch. they've had they've had a gentleman's ride before, haven't they? Not I don't think so. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just thinking about the mustache. This was, this was a, a savior was like batch. the first beer I had ever. Yeah, because I know they've had that one for a while, yeah, but I've never seen this. Okay, so this one this just fermented a, hot and they put it in a barrel. It's a good beer. We can still sell it, but we can't sell it as mustache as ride. Mustache. Oh, it's too okay. See, I guess so, I'm, I was in line getting my next beer, that, so yeah. I guess I missed that conversation. So they add a little bit more English yeast and then uh, put it in bourbon barrels, let it sit for six months, and 
so that's what this one is. Okay. And you can smell the, you can smell a little bit of a, a brighter, almost like, like alcohol aroma in it. Yeah, the bourbon's definitely Ooh. present. Very woody. Definitely present. Yeah, Very yeah lots of wood. Beer. That's what. It, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm getting first thing right away. Taste any wood. Tart raisin, like the golden raisin. Yeah, I get some oh, dark yeah. fruit. The yellow. Some yeah. dark fruit in the aroma. And it's good. I like this better it's than yellow. the Thank you. the regular mustache right. <laughs> And you know, and, and the taste, the oh, is good. on the palate, you don't get much of an alcohol flavor at all. It's you only pick it up in the, the aroma. Well, at least there's. A, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. At least according to the board, the alcohol is about the same on this. So it was the heat of the fermentation. So it's only like five seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. One thing with this one, the uh, the woody notes have kind of taken over the, the soft chocolate. Of the original one, right? You get more of the dark fruit, right? Yeah, and so that's that's something I liked more. The in the original was just all the, the lovely warm chocolate tones, <laughs> whereas you know this one you've got the it's pretty intense wood with. Uh, I, I guess I can get a little bit of the bourbon. It's not overly so. No, not in the taste. I don't. But, I really don't get it in the taste. But yeah, you get the uh, the dark fruit element, which wasn't in the original, which yes. kind of adds a, a little complex twist yeah uh they're definitely two different two completely different beers does uh, anybody get any tartness yep. uh, yeah yeah that grape yeah, yeah. sorry There's, raisin that grape well the yellow raisin yeah but it's yellow okay so i, well, I call it <laughs> green or well, not green raisins but like the green grape the ones the, the white grape uh, the ones that aren't brown red purple. yes yeah. yes there's a slight tartness to it. Yeah, there definitely. But is. it's not, it's not like a sour tartness. It's not um, acidic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's it, just nice. Yeah, I think maybe it might come from the bourbon. It's kind of yeah, a bourbon of is, tartness. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it comes from the wood. Well, the bourbon or the wood. Either way, it well, wasn't yeah, a byproduct. Like the bourbon, bourbon barrel, bourbon, everything. It wasn't a byproduct of the overheated yeah. yeast, no, though. No, no, no. Bourbon is not tart as a as an entity itself. It's you know, what I'm, I'm pulling the, just the stock oak. I'm picking up a, a decent amount of vanilla. Also, that's, that's barrel too. Yeah, vanilla? That, yeah, I know that would be also barrel because wood will give a, a vanilla character to anything you put into it, but it's definitely coming through in this. What else uh, would you put know. in a barrel and get vanilla from? Vanilla? <clears throat> what? <laughs> Bourbon barreled vanilla. There you go. More vanilla than before. <laughs> it's yellow. It's vanilla. <laughs> that's, no, that's good. I, I like that one. So I like that better than the mustache, right? I was, I was going to ask. So, okay. He likes the uh, the gentleman's better. I likes it better. I, I do, too. I like the gentleman's better. Yeah, I Travis. like the original better so far. I do, too. Uh, I, I'm it's not a, it's asked. not a secret that I don't like bourbon or uh, you know any of those yeah. types of liquors. So you know, I there have been several bourbon beers that I thought were okay, but it's just not my my cup yeah, of yeah, yeah. beer. Okay. So I like the original. <laughs> Awkward pause. <laughs> So I prefer the original. I think the original one's fantastic. Okay. So uh, let's get into the next one, the uh, yeah. Bug Ride. Yeah, the last one actually it came in a bottle, and it has... Good, so open it up. It has a label. 
That is oh, a weird bottle. Oh, oh, dang it. Sorry. There goes my bourbon barrel here. That's not anyway. <laughs> so, and this is one I've never seen. It it does actually have a label, but I don't think it's been on shelves. I, I don't know, but um, they probably only sell it here. Yeah, maybe so. It's it's called the Bourbon Barrel Bug Ride Porter. It's got a basically a giant beetle with a barrel body. It says five point seven percent. This one was fermented with Brettanomyces. Brettanomyces. Bottle conditioned with Brettanomyces. Brettanomyces. And they barrel aged this one on tart and sweet cherries. So that's where the difference is here. Oh, and like I said before, this is just as dark as the other ones. Oh, yeah, the Uh, appearance hasn't changed. Yeah. But the aroma, wow. I get more alcohol out of this one than the other. Really? I got a lot more alcohol out of the bourbon. Well, I, got, the, I get more out of the cherries right. come through in the aroma. Yeah, food. I'm I'm getting a lot of cherry and some tart mm. characters, I guess, I guess but I'm not getting alcohol. I, aroma, I was questioning whether we had them in the right order, but then I tasted it and all that cherry was there. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, I guess the cherry kind of gives me more of that uh, sweet alcohol aroma. So it's a little confusing, yeah. but it's a lot stronger to me. What was that sour cherry stout that we had at Cool Keg? The Jolly Pumpkin? Sour cherry stout Jolly Pumpkin. Pumpkin is a company. Yes, Jolly Pumpkin is the company. The Jolly Pumpkin Sour Cherry Stout. Something weird. Was it like Dr. something? Oh, you must have that was the single pop one. Dr. Rudy? Yeah. Dr. Zhivago? (laughs) Anyway, the aroma kind of reminds me of that. Because I'm getting some dark, like roasty, chocolatey notes with the the cherry tart sweetness thing going on. Yeah, it's not too tart. It's like uh, like an off-brand air, uh, Warhead. <laughs> <laughs> the Walgreens brand. Warhead. Yeah, there you go. The, the ones you're like, it says sour, really big letters, but it's like nothing. Uh, but you do you do get a little little bit of it. Uh, it's just a little sweet. You get definitely get the cherry. Um, but, <laughs> but it ended up tasting great. All I heard, all I heard is Was it La Roja? No, no, no. The the Jolly Pumpkin one. I'm looking it up. Have you tasted it yet? Never mind. Yes. It was I'm actually pulling like some brown sugar cinnamon almost in the flavor. Cinnamon? Yeah. <laughs> I just get cinnamon. I don't get any cinnamon. No, I don't get cinnamon. I mean, in the aroma, I'm getting some. Yeah, I'm getting like, some like chocolate covered cherries, like the cordial cherries that you get at Christmas time. I get a little bit of that. They're very well behaved. <laughs> They're very cordial. You know that Jolly Pumpkin one that you were talking about, Sample? That yeah. you said that you liked? Well, this one kind of reminds me of it, too, because I remember last time I had said it smelled like Twizzler, or had that Twizzler aroma. Oh, yeah. And this one's the same, too. Yeah, I can I can see that. I just... It's, it's, it's like, like I said, a, a chocolate-covered cherry... That's been dipped in like bourbon. 
that's kind of what I get out of this. And it, I mean, it's good. I like it. I like this one better than the Gentleman's Ride. I'm with you. Yeah. This um, one is the fav- is my favorite of the three. No. I think I still prefer the original. They're all good, but I think I prefer the original. My favorite one's the Gentleman's. Origins. Me too. Gentleman, <laughs> original. Origins. Origins. And then the one with the flies on it. I think I'd go with Gentleman, then the, the cherry one, and then uh, Mustache. I think I'd go Mustache, Ride, Bug Ride, and then Gentleman's Ride. Really? Yeah. Palettes are so different. I, I like a really like. I just love porters in general, and rye porters are fantastic. So we can agree it's, on that. Yeah, it's just kind of hard. Me personally, it's hard to beat that. But then I like sours a lot too. So that's why the I think the bug ride takes a close second. Just that tartness you get from the cherry. We can't agree on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Though I, this is not this is not like puckering. This is just a nice little kick in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's not sour, but it's, so, it's got that lingering tartness. I think. I mean, the reason this is going to be my least favorite of the three is just because the other two were really good. It wasn't that this one was necessarily oh, no. that bad. No, I, I don't, none of them are bad. I just you know yeah. have one preference over the other. So I think Bug would be the top one for me. Regular Mustache would be second, and then Gentleman's was. Last. <laughs> it's well, funny how we all have different yeah, <laughs> perspectives no. on it. I can't imagine putting the gentleman one at the bottom. I did the same thing. We should break their chiller more often. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I was thinking. That's your opinion. Is it good? <laughs> it is my opinion, and you can't tell me I'm wrong. You're r- oh, no. <laughs> That bottle is a tall, slender bottle, and it's got a fly with a barrel for a body. That's the same bottle that the PGS comes in that I was talking about. How many Sorry. ounces is that? That will answer the question. 13.2 milliliters. And that's what an ounce is. I have no idea. I didn't read the bottle. <laughs> I was looking at the picture of the beetle that I just called a fly. 16.9 fluid ounces. Oh, okay. Otherwise known as 500 milliliters. No, so See, it's a I knew it. It's I a said liter. it was a Belgian bottle, didn't I? You did? You're yeah. a Belgian bottle. Shh. All right, so do we want to. I'm telling the building right here. All right, so do we want to do. <laughs> I was just about to go there. Yes. A group poundability for all three or well I just pounded the mustache uh, that's a drop that is a drop <laughs> um, I accidentally I... pounded the gentleman <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> how can you accidentally pound a gentleman well it was so good you just pounded yeah I didn't meant realize to stop. what he did and I'm, I'm gonna go with a six on the mustache right I'd go higher. I'd give it a decimal somewhere or something. Six point so, five. I'm still trying to. I'm still confused on how we're doing this. So let's do. We're talking mustache in general, okay. right? Yeah. I'm gonna do all three at the same time. Okay. Mix oh, them. There goes oh, one. there's one. There's uh-huh. two. Don't mm-hmm. puke, Travis. Uh, he's got some residue. Three. On. There's three. The so if you go original, behind you to the gentleman, bug in order numbers. Original was very easy to pound. Very soft. Gentleman's was not easy to pound. Very hard. Because she said... The bug is kind of in the middle. 
a little squishy. Yep. The wings so, got in the way. If you average it all together, it's about a five. <laughs> See what I did there? Mm, you're dodging the question. Weird. That was It was. I've never held the wings back before. Yeah, that, that, like I said before, uh, mustache was a uh, six. The gentleman's is like a five, four, four, five, somewhere, four and a half, I guess. And the bug one. The bug one's not hard to pound because all the weird sour cherry stuff's all on the backside. Yeah, I'd be like a six and a half, seven. Yeah. So, you know, like we say all the time, poundability ratings are not how much we like it. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Um, I would go in order mustache, gentleman, bug, six, five, four. See, I think the bug However, the bug one's my favorite uh, out of the three. I think the bug one might be the easiest to, to pound because, like I said, the sour part doesn't come till well after you're done with it, yeah. and then it feels much thinner yeah. than the other ones do. Well, it's just like the, the PGS. It's a fantastic beer. We all said that earlier, but... I gave it a two. Yeah, I gave it a two for <laughs> poundability yeah, also. Yeah. PGS is smacky right in the front. Right. Like, and, and if you've lived... That bug ride was smacky like but 10 see, minutes this later. One, this one... Like, you know, okay, so I said four for the bug, and I gave PGS a two... Two and four are not that far apart. So even though this one's not as smacky and tart and sour and everything as PGS, I think the roastiness and the bourbon character and the the fuller body of a porter just kind of compounds that a little bit. I would not have put any of them as low as a two or a four. (laughs) Minimum six. Okay. Let's say six, seven, Even the bug? Yeah, the book, like I said, like it was thin, and it still tasted all roasty and chocolatey, and then later it was sour cherry. That's why it was the easiest of the three. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I didn't have to worry about the sour cherry that made it hard to pound until after I pounded it. Yeah. yeah. So she said... Um, like she talks about cherries too much. <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, yes, do that. Great beer. Thank you for joining us for episode 75 of Brew Styles. <laughs> Today is 75. August the 12th. Uh, thank you, Fredo. Join us next week when we numbers. mix concrete and uh, put it in between bricks. Well, <laughs> we do need to say thank you to Collective Brewing Project for having us out. So Absolutely. Much. It's really great experience. It's been a blast. Yeah. And uh, thank you to Mike and Ryan for coming out with us and sharing your history and your thoughts on basically your craft so we definitely do appreciate that now here's the real closer <laughs> thank you for joining us for another episode of Brew Styles where our topic of discussion was discussion discussion <laughs> discussion I thought I was the only one who caught that the collective brewing project check out our website <laughs> this episode no we did not check the explicit box however we're still gonna give it hell when we have Munich Hellas next week. Cheers till then. <laughs> <laughs>